Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week we preview and review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course our fellow critics and podcasters. The NOMCAST is available on NOMCASTpod.com or wherever you get your podcasts, on the socials at NOMCASTpod, and is a part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course, we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet will never have enough of, it is nerds talking about Star Wars. So every week, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. This week, we're headed to Luthen's Cabinet of Curiosities to discuss the fourth episode of Andor titled Aldani. It was written by Dan Ro- Gilroy and Tony Gilroy and directed by Susanna White. There's going to be spoilers in these episodes for Andor, anything Star Wars at all. So if you don't know this by now, like, come on, what are you doing? You guys ready to spend a ridiculous amount of money on a frivolous gift? I was definitely looking at that Beskar. You know what? Treat yourself to a holocron or two. Just no Wayfinders. I draw the line at paying money for a fucking Wayfinder. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. I was looking at so much stuff in there, but... Let's get to it and punch it with the episode recap. On board Luthen's ship, he offers Cassian, again, the chance to stick it to the Empire and make some money out of this. Yeah, he really knows how to get to Cassian. Real clean energy there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out he wants Cassian to help steal an entire Imperial payroll on Aldani. Five days of work for 200,000 credits. Not too shabby. We cut to a meeting of the Imperial Security Bureau. I was like, oh, shit, it's the white (laughs) uniforms. Here we go. We find out that there are several small stirrings throughout the galaxy that are being addressed and that Cyril, Mosk, and their boss have been fired for the disaster (laughs) on Ferrix. Rolana One will be under Imperial Security for now. Woof. Not great, Bob. The Imperials have moved in. You know, that's what they wanted. Oh, yeah. That's totally what they wanted. We get a clip of Cyril returning home to Coruscant where his mother both slaps him and hugs him, which was fantastic to welcome him home. I just loved that sequence. I loved that he was still there. And oh, it was great. It was really good. The walk back home where he was going as slow as possible. You know, he did not want to get to that front door. No, he absolutely did not. And then the way he goes, mother, like, oh, it was. He is one of those guys. And I loved it. Fuck you, Cyril. At the mention of the Starpath unit, Deidre Miro keeps looking into the Ferrix incident as that unit was stolen from a district under her purview. Unfortunately, the Ferrix overseer isn't really interested in helping her out and repeatedly denies her request for the files. The matter is brought before their boss, who dismisses Deidre's gut instinct that the theft was part of some pattern of rebel activity and demands she finishes her goddamn TPS reports. (laughs) Where are the quarterly reports? <laughs> Meanwhile, Cassian gets dropped on, Alba- on Albani, and he decides to go by the alias Clem while he's there. The local leader, Vel, is seriously pissed that Luthen has brought in this new guy no one's ever heard of. No one knew he was going to be involved with this mission. Like, what the fuck, Luthen? But she ultimately decides to roll with it. She brings Cassian back to her camp and tells everyone who are also kind of rightly suspicious of this whole development that Clem was always a part of her plan. She just hadn't told them yet. Need to know. 
They didn't need to know. The group goes through the plan, which hinges on an escape through a once every three year celestial event, which is happening in three days time. Which sounds really cool when they described it. Yeah, I'm kind of really excited to to see that in a week or two. (laughs) Right? I cannot wait. So on Coruscant, Luthen puts on his best bad wig. Oh, God. That awful mullet. Wonderful. And he receives Senator Mon Mothma into his antiquities shop, which what a great cover for him. Like Mm -hmm. great excuse to leave and to spend high amounts of money. Mm -hmm. So she has a new driver, they notice, uh, who gets distracted by Luthen's assistant, uh, Clea. While Luthen and Mon Mothma go to the back to discuss some private pieces. In reality, they're just talking about how Mon Mothma needs to show him the money. Like, come on, you promised this. But unfortunately, she's being watched pretty closely. She says, you know, she goes to the bank. There's all new people. They're watching her in the streets. She's getting new drivers. So things are closing in around on her. And she says she's going to be the first to fall if anything happens. But... She's got someone she wants to bring into the circle. Luthen is adamant, though. That is not the right time. Not right now. Interesting. <laughs> Could it be? When Mon Mothma goes home, her husband informs her that he is having a dinner party with many high-profile guests. Upon looking at the guest list, she scoffs at the names. These must-haves have been blocking her at every turn and recently cut off shipping lanes that will lead to people starving. So, you know, the one person. They're her husband, fun. Yeah, they're fun. Ew, gross. No, they're not. Her husband just wants her to cut loose and have some fun. Just enjoy ourselves. Can't you, like, enjoy yourselves, like, just alone, drinking wine on the couch? <laughs> Watching some hollows? Come on, Perrin. The episode ends on Aldani, with the rebels eating together around the fire and Cassian studying up for the mission. Damn right, man. Do your homework. Yep, gotta do that homework. <laughs> I mean, I love that he asked the very important question of, can I eat my food? Like, yes. Asking the big questions. Yes. You can eat while you study. <laughs> so now we're going to head into our overall reactions for the episode. I thought it was really interesting, mainly because the entire thing basically made me nervous. I was very nervous <laughs> the entire episode. <laughs> so they're doing really well with like tone and generating emotion. The tensions running through each scene were really unique and palpable, like the different combinations of people. And I liked the whole nervous energy each character brought to their scenes. Everyone is playing a part in this episode. Like everyone is a role. It's not themselves necessarily, particularly Cassian, Mon Mothma, and Luthen. But even the secondary characters are hiding something or pretending to be someone they're not. Let's call the theme of this episode hidden identities. <laughs> Woo! So many hidden identities. My favorite moments, though, were with Luthen and my Mothma and meeting Dedra. I really liked her, our newest antagonist. Hoping she gets that pristine white uniform dirty soon. Get it, girl. <laughs> yeah. She's going to get it. She's, she's going down. <laughs> she's going down, but she's going down a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's definitely going to throw Cyril under a bus first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. And let us see it. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this episode was great. At one point, I found myself like thinking about it a little bit and I was, it reinforced my um, my love last week that we got the three episodes all dropped all at once mm-hmm. because it kind of primed me for this episode to move a little slower knowing that it was going to be a part of a bigger arc. Whereas if like we had just watched the premiere episode in a vacuum, we might have like some slightly different feelings about it. But because we had that, I wasn't necessarily expecting some kind of like major action sequence or set piece adventure to be happening here. Mm-hmm. 
love to see Mon Mothma back in the mix. I'm sure Flo would agree. <laughs> she loves Mon Mothma. What do you mean? The location shooting out in the Highlands was just so beautiful. I recently caught up on Outlander and was like trying <laughs> to see if I could see if there was any location outlet overlap. <laughs> Stunning. Just beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. I'm really glad that Cyril's going back to his mom's. It was really funny, but it also keeps him in our minds, which tells us that he's not done yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will definitely be seeing him again. Uh, one thing I noticed thinking about it over the last couple of days is that the main plot of this episode really is Cassie and Al Aldani, but that is the part of the episode I'm thinking about the least. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, it's know. a mission. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty straightforward thing. You know, it's not, we're still introduced to some new characters and things, and I'm sure that, and I'm pumped for the heist to come next, but mm-hmm. like the other stuff happening was just so interesting. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing or a ding on the episode, but it is something I was thinking about. I agree. Fair Let's enough. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like you guys, I love this episode. I don't think a blaster was fired the entire episode, but the tension and the story had me glued to the screen. It was just, it was so good. You got TIE fighters flying overhead, and that's thrilling. But give me the inter-office petty squabbles of the ISB. It's just as engaging to me. Like, I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is exactly what I wanted from the show. And this isn't a knock on the first three episodes. Like, they, you know, we had to build up. If they had just dropped us into the story like this, I don't think it would have felt earned. We needed that time in the first three episodes to see where Cassian's coming from. But like building to this kind of wider scope and seeing where it's going to go, it just makes me excited for the future of this. Like this is an episode that like open the doors, we get to see a wider view of the galaxy and you can see that there's a lot more cool stuff coming. So I'm, I'm really happy. The acting was great. I spotted a bunch of actors that I know in this that made mm-hmm. me feel, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, I know you, I know you. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, overall, just it was a good time. So I I loved it. I love the ISB infighting. <laughs> oh, I'm totally. here for corporate drama, but this is like high stakes corporate drama. Like you could die. <laughs> and I knew they were going to be villains right away because as soon as I saw that like space briefcase, I was like, villain. And I was right. <laughs> the real villain is bureaucracy. Exactly. Yes. It's no wonder the Empire didn't really know that the rebellion was going to form and happen because of all the red tape I know. trying to go through. So many holes, plot holes have been filled just because of this episode <laughs> and how much bureaucratic red tape there is. All right. Well, let's get into our next bit here. We have our homages, Easter eggs, connections, and callbacks. Colleen, who did Yay. we see? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> My ginger queen, Genevieve O'Reilly is Mon Mothma. Originally cast for scenes in Revenge of the Sith that were cut, O'Reilly returns as the senator in Rogue One and here. She also voiced the character in Rebels. Great turn from her there. Mon Mothma is the senator from Shandrilla. I kind of feel like this is the Chicago of the of the galaxy. Like, it's not New York <laughs> because that has to be Coruscant. But this is like Chicago. It's a nice place to go. It's cool. It's got mm-hmm. great sights. It's got Midwestern accents. It's fine. Very wealthy. Yes, yes. This planet was first mentioned in the 1987 Star Wars RPG and first appears in the video game Star Wars Rebellion. Very cool. Next up, we've mentioned them. We have the ISV. This is the Empire's version of like the CIA, FBI. Uh, The Imperial Security Bureau is designed to gather intelligence and root out seeds of sedition throughout the Empire. 
and then within this meeting, we get references to a lot of familiar locations in Star Wars. So many. Um, we get a mention of the planet Scarif, which we know from Rogue One will eventually house the Death Star plans. They're getting some more supplies, it seems. Maybe they're kind of building up the uh, tower. No one in this room likely knows what's actually going to be stored there. Maybe the, the chief has an idea, but a lot of them don't know about the Death Star. That was very hush-hush at this point. Mm-hmm. We also get a mention of the planet Mimban. Or Mimban. Mimban. I was on Mimban. Oh, were you? (laughs) Yeah. Cassian mentions that he fought on Mimban, or rather he was a cook who ran away. This planet first appears in the original Star Wars expanded universe novel, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was written to be kind of a low budget sequel to A New Hope if that movie didn't do as well. And then it did. So we got Empire Strikes Back instead. (laughs) But it made its canon debut as the rainy planet we see Han Solo take fl- fight and flight on in Solo, a Star Wars story when he's with the infantry. Mm-hmm. I'd run away too. Gross. I'd absolutely run away. Are you kidding me? That's Swampland? No. We also get mention of the planet Ryloth. That's the home planet of the Twi'leks, and it's been featured throughout all of the animated series, Clone Wars, Rebels, Bad Batch. We usually always get an episode on Ryloth, usually around Hera's family. And then we get the planet Arvala 6. Now, the ISB may not be super interested in this planet, but we definitely are, because this is the planet that Din Djarin will eventually find Grogu at the start (laughs) of The Mandalorian. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, they said Arvala 6, and I was like, oh, really? (laughs) Interesting. Really, is there an asset there? Right. All right. Looks Maybe like not now, a baby. but he will be in a few years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, in a less happy note, unfortunately, Mon Mothma brings up the Gorman, and uh, she has every right to be upset about them because their shipping lanes have been cut off by the Empire. Eventually, Gorman's going to be the site of one of the Empire's most horrendous massacres, trying to quell unruly protesters. Her eventual departure from the Senate is over these massacres, so... Hey, Perrin, maybe you don't be such a dick. When he freaking rolled her, rolled his eyes at her when she's like, maybe we should invite some Gorman over. And he's like, oh my God, here we go. Must everything be so sad? Oh, starving people. Why, why are you being so political? God, right? Were you a senator or something? Harsh my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, we're going to talk a lot about him later. But for now, we're going to go with our dinner guests. Some of the guests that Mon Mothma is not too happy about on this list include Slymore. I heard this and I was like, wow, you really invited Slymore and say that she's fun? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I could what not What are your this. hobbies? Like torturing children? Like yes. what? Hanging with Palpatine? That's about it. So Sly is an Umbaran who served at the side of the Chancellor, then Emperor Palpatine. Sly is force sensitive and has a certain amount of psychic ability, which would make her a very good spy. Probably why she's so close to Palpatine. Um, Ars Dangor is a human male who first appears in the novel Tarkin. Ars is a member of the Imperial Ruling Council. Some old set reports from Return of the Jedi indicate he may have been one of the advisors that joins Palpatine on the second Death Star. So he's gonna die, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, all right, guys, Saul Guerrero is definitely coming. I mean, we saw him in some of the previews, so we did know that Forrest Whitaker would be coming back as Saul. But when Cassian is rattling off the names of the different rebel cells, he mentions the Partisans, which is Saul's group of extremists at this time, also includes Jin. 
I yeah. Think. I don't mm. think she's, imp- I don't think he's abandoned her just yet. I don't think so. I'd have to recheck the timeline a little bit, but I think yeah. she's either like just on the verge of being left behind or she's still with them. So one that is a small mention from Luthen, but really shook me was the mention of the Ricotta uh, when he's handing that Kyber crystal over. Uh, he mentions the Rakatan invaders. They were a dark side empire thousands of years ago in the Old Republic timeline. The fact that we got them mentioned in canon, ooh, me and my roommate were <laughs> through the moon over that. I was like, I did not know who they were until I looked it up and I'm like, oh, Daniel's happy. <laughs> oh, they said Rakatan and a million things went through my brain. You're like... <laughs> let's like, make I know all of who this they canon. are canon woo I love when that happens okay the next one is a long list so we are going to split this one up Luthen shop is full of easter eggs on its shelves we're sure we missed a couple but in prominence are the following I'm going to start out with Utapau the monk cudgel I was like are we cudgeling the monks or are the monks <laughs> cudgeling people because either way this is just not going to end well um, that Luthen shows Mon Mothma is from the planet Utapau, where Obi-Wan killed General Grievous. The planet also produced the Jedi who will fall and become the Grand Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get some armor as well that the uh, headpiece is basically the dark side Starkiller armor from Force Unleashed. <laughs> uh, they added some flair with the spikes on the head, but it is like one for one a copy of that uh dark side ending helmet and it is amazing Yay. I, I saw that one and even i recognized that one and i was like oh daniel's gonna be happy when he sees this yeah <laughs> i mean i was oh happy. i spotted it right away and whitwer i'm totally down any mm. show he wants to be on come on <laughs> that's not the only set of armor though it does also appear that luthan has a full set of mandalorian armor Now, Mm. since the purge has yet to occur, which Mandalorian was so strapped for cash that he sold it to Luthen? Right. Or Luthen looted it from somewhere, which is also Also very possible. (laughs) Or did he kill a Mandalorian and take their armor? Also possible, considering who Luthen is. I don't think we're ever really going to figure out who he really is. Next, we have a very familiar looking shield. On display, it looks like Luthen has a Gungan shield. From the fan Daniel, less excited about seeing a Gungan. You know what? I don't hate all Gungans, mostly just Jar Jar. That's fair. (laughs) The old General Gungan, why was he not the one in charge? He should have been. Make him a senator. (laughs) He's busy leading the army, but I agree he should have been. I'm pretty sure this is just, I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point the prop department was just like, all right, what's in storage? What can we throw on the shelves? What do we got? I'm sure none of these are actually like relevant for the future, really. No, it's (laughs) just so much fun. Easter eggs in there. Speaking of uh, what do we got? It's got some holocrons. Uh, Wild, wild shit. Those are just sitting out on the shelf. Also, maybe keep them a little bit further apart. Be careful, bud. You might have some inquisitors coming to your shop with those things out there. It's got a Sith holocron (laughs) sitting next to a Jedi holocron. Well, it's oh just a gosh. very birdy light box. Come look at it. Like, <laughs> he'll just play it off. I didn't even know. Right? <laughs> oh my God, it's too much. That, that I spotted that and was like, wow. <laughs> Luthen's got some Ezra energy going on here. 
Speaking of Ezra, next we have a Calicori. Not only do we get our Wyloth mentioned, but one of the people's sacred family artifacts is on display. Don't worry, this is not Harris. Harris is still on Ryloth. Everything's fine. Watch Rebels. <laughs> next up, is that a, uh, a Jedi's breather mask? It does look like Luthan has a breathing mask, the very specific type that Jedi Master Plo Koon used to wear. Mm-hmm. Okun, who was the script stand-in for when Luke Skywalker was going to come in and mentor him, and then on the, at the last minute they're like, "No, we're kidding. It's actually Luke Skywalker." Rude. I would have been much more excited <laughs> if it had been Plokun. <laughs> R.I.P. to my weird alien boy. I love him. I love. We him. stand a legend. We love Plokun. Okay, now it was my turn to flip the fuck out <laughs> seeing this. Oh my god, yeah. it's the world between worlds, everyone. The stone tablets that Luthen's assistant is showing the driver have the motif of the Mortis gods, i.e. the father, the son, and the daughter. The sigils of the hands are also the same as they appear on the Lothal temple that Ezra will eventually, with Sabine's help, of course, can't drop our girl, used to access the world between worlds, rescue Ahsoka, and thwart the Emperor. This is crazy that he's got this. This is nuts. <laughs> Luthen's got connections. What do you know? He probably knows oh a little goodness. too much. <laughs> Speaking of like, what do you know? What world do you have, man? He's got a kyber necklace. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we saw in Rogue One, Jen's mother uh, has one that she gives to Jen. Uh, here, Luthen also has a necklace made out of kyber. They were also featured in the Lego Star Wars uh, Freemaker Adventures for a tribe of the Lerman. Oh, the Lerman. Anders, I knew I that you were all on that. Yep. Of course, I yeah. What I, I wasn't sure of the uh, the Radica um, reference. And before mm-hmm. I went back and like watched it, I was like, wait, did you get that from like the Lerman? Is that from the Lermans? Are we pulling in Lego Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> no unfortunately not we we're pulling in my uh which everyone if you don't like know what the ricottons are google <laughs> them they look insane they have these like weirdly like oblong heads with like crazy eyes sticking out of the sides they're amazing they look so goofy i love them <laughs> Goofy yet dangerous. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, no, they're absolute pieces of shit. They ran their entire uh, empire off the dark side. So next up, we mentioned Karn getting fired and sending home to his mom on Coruscant, which means we will probably see more of him. Props to his mom for slapping some sense into him, though. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. The planet Coruscant is obviously the galactic capital at this point. Has been for a very long time. Uh, it was first seen on screen when it was edited into the new ending sequence for <laughs> 1997's Return of the Jedi Special Edition. Mm-hmm. Yes, justice for Yub Yub, but I still <laughs> really love that new score. Um, and the planet was first mentioned in the Now Legends book, Heir to the Empire. Thanks, Tizan, giving us Coruscant. <laughs> <laughs> I do like also that Karn obviously does not come from a super wealthy family as he's riding the lift down. <laughs> mm-hmm. The lower you go on Coruscant, folks, the uh, less wealthy you It didn't look like it was that far down that it was in like the rough, rough yes. section. That actually, rough. that neighborhood actually looked like it belonged to this season of Westworld. I don't oh know if you guys watched Westworld, but <laughs> yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. I do. I love the nosy neighbor also. And his mom was like, What the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> my boy's home. Leave me alone. Oh, my goodness. Okay. 
So I was really excited. This might have been one of the people Daniel recognized. Yep. If that guy with these smoldering blue eyes looks familiar, he should. He's been in a ton of stuff. Actor Eban Moss Backrock, who plays the rebel Arville Skeen, great name, has been in shows like Girls, John Adams, and most recently The Bear on Hulu. Which I is just started watching The Bear, it's and cousin. that's where I knew him from. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my God, Richie. Um, no, another one that wasn't in the script, but I just have to bring this up. When we were watching the ISB scene, I'm staring at the guy who was Blevin. And I'm like, I know him from somewhere. Where do I know him from? Uh, I've been watching a lot of British TV lately on YouTube. He <laughs> is an actor and comedian in England called Doc Brown. Uh, he was on a, a season of Taskmaster that I was watching. Oh, okay. Uh, so okay. I watched him do all these goofy like stupid games and then here he is being straight-faced serious as inspector blevin and i was like mm. oh my god this guy is talented <laughs> yeah i was oh i was impressed yes. I all right <laughs> next up uh is this the end of the fucking galaxy i don't know hmm. but hmm. we did get actor alex lothar who plays the rebel Karis. Uh, Alex has appeared in Black Mirror and he was one of the stars of The End of the Fucking Worlds, uh, which is on Netflix and hilarious and tragic and so fucked up. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. And then uh, more, more actors that we'll recognize. It's a Star War for the Iron Throne guys because keeping with tradition, we get some people from Westeros. We got mm-hmm. Anton Lesser, who plays the head of the ISB there, or the head of that office. He was the freaky wannabe mm-hmm. Dr. Frankenstein, uh, you know, inspired by guy, Kyburn. Kyburn. He gave me chills in we Game of Thrones, <laughs> and then here he is giving that speech in the ISB, and I was like, oh, you're perfectly cast. Yes. <laughs> of course he's in the ISB. Kyburn would be in the ISB. <laughs> Yeah, Highburn would absolutely. If he wasn't in the ISB, he would be in some fucked up imperial medical like office. Yeah, for real. And then uh, we have Faye Marseille who plays Vel, and that is none other than the waif, that perpetual thorn in Arya's side, or the knife in her back or her side, <laughs> you know, multiple times thrown into a dirty sewer. Somehow, fine. We'll not get into that now. Um, when I found out that was the waif, yeah, I was oh my god, holy crap! <laughs> it, it made sense, like it it clicked as soon as I oh, I saw that that's who it was. But man, she really um way less shitty in this version. <laughs> like I don't hate her character right away. Mm-hmm. And then we also have uh, Denise Gao who plays uh, or Go. I don't know how you say it. I think I'm it's sorry. Goff. Goff. I think so. G O U G H. You guys figure it out on your own. Uh, <laughs> she plays Deidre Miro, and she has an unspecified role in an unaired pilot for one of the Game of Thrones spinoff series. So that'll be cool because I liked her. I yeah. You know what? Her character is everything Cyril Karn wishes he was. Yeah. Grow up, Cyril. You were a mall cop, and she's the real deal. <laughs> God, I can't wait for her to just show him how it's... <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait for their team-up. I just know I, I'm ready. I'm ready for this team-up. I team want up. her to have so much disdain for him, look down on him, just mm-hmm. as I do. Yes. <laughs> In case it's not clear, I don't like Cyril Karn. <laughs> Which is really good, actually, because I'm but sure... the actor like, who's playing him, him, fantastic. Oh yeah, Like, you're perfect. giving what we need. 
for me to hate you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going to get into going through the different characters in this episode, kind of their different plot lines and some other general discussion points. Uh, I'll start us off with a man Cassian. He really kind of takes a back seat to a lot of the other characters this episode. We haven't talked about him that much just yet. Yep. Like Daniel observer. said, yeah. He's mainly an observer. <laughs> He's taking in the new people around him and just trying to kind of lay low and roll with it. Seems very in character for him since he needs to know those around him in order to know how to interact with them, how to potentially manipulate them. Mm-hmm. He's not so sure about Luthen yet. So he's still keeping a lot to himself. He doesn't really want to get involved with the rebels at first. It's like, no, you guys, you're all the same. Like, it doesn't matter. All I have to do is look out for me. Mm -hmm. He's really reluctant to join this mission, but he's kind of in the situation of what else is he supposed to do? This is a way Mm -hmm. to make some money. So he's going to have to go with it. He asks some good questions and he's willing to throw himself into the prep because he needs to endear himself to this team. And if he's actually going to do this, he may as well make sure it gets done so he gets out alive. Exactly. He chooses the name Clem, which was the name of Marva's partner from the flashbacks last week and presumably became his father figure. Mm. Still not sure what happened to him. I thought, yeah. he, I thought he was alive, but going back and looking, it looks like I, I misidentified him. So I don't know. He's probably the one that was hung in the town square. Yeah. Would be my guess. I feel like we'll get some uh, exposition on what happened to him mm-hmm. after a while. And it's when we hear the full story, I don't think any of us will be, uh, <laughs> be feeling good. We are not fine. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> you should take this one because it's bad wig patrol. <laughs> God, and I just, Luthen might be my favorite character so far. He is ruthless. I just, he's so cool in this episode. We have him, you know, donning his disguise, practicing his body movements, getting into character. He slips out of that tough, grizzled, you know, ready for anything. When he's having that conversation with Vel and then he just snaps on her on a dime and just yells at her to look at him, he goes from that to this just affable, waving around, feeling himself, (laughs) just look at my rings and my wig and my flowing purple robes, just the way he switches on a dime. I mean, yes, Stellan Skarsgård is playing two different characters in this, like, essentially, but Luthen is doing that in his real life. Mm Mm-hmm. So thank goodness he's got the skills because a lesser man would be failing at that. And hey, if someone like Luthen can pick out Cassian and be like, okay, I see potential in him. Obviously, he's got a he's got something going for him there. I Good just eye for talent. Right? Yeah, he's got an eye for talent, which is so great that they make him an art salesman because he's looking out for things of value and he's out in the galaxy and like. There's layers that I just, I love it so much. And it's just, it's so interesting the way he interacts with Cassian and Vel and Mon Mothma, just like how multifaceted he is, just the different sides of him. You got to wonder who really is he? Like, are any of these identities really him? Or is there someone else underneath there? Like he's, he's so interesting. I'm just, I'm fascinated by his character. I wonder if he's ever had any dealings with Dr. Afra. Mm. <laughs> what a Please. way to bring in dr afra that'd be amazing <laughs> Please, that would be amazing i would love to see the two of them interact with each other and mm-hmm. i don't really know that much about afra but i know enough to know that that would be 
fantastic. I think it's neat also that his assistant at the antique shop is in on his dealings. Mm-hmm. Like he's, uh, she's steering the driver away to make sure he doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like their little talk right before she comes in talking about where's the driver from, you know, anything about him. Like he obviously trusts her a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he must expect a lot out of her if he's like got her in on these secrets. Plus his ship fantastic this man <laughs> covers his bases the ship was staring down cassie and when cassie was looking at those controls like fly this thing out of here ship just excuse me what you doing <laughs> i see you i'm looking at you no 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 i god luthan i could talk mm-hmm. about him forever because i'm just i'm fascinated by him yeah i I really like him as a character. I love his dynamic with his assistant. It actually started to give me some vibes. Um, if anyone's seen the series, The Americans, mm-hmm. about two Russian sleeper agents who their cover in the U.S. is they owned a travel agency together. So they were able to kind of use the business as an excuse to go and do all this stuff or anytime they had yeah. to like leave last second. It was always this thing. And I could see Luthen doing that. Like, oh, I've got to go pick up this piece or I've got to meet, go to a meeting across the galaxy real quick. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and also the Americans, bad wig everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but they were everywhere. Kind of, that, was, that was on oh purpose, though. <laughs> so many bad wigs. So many bad so... wigs, but we got to see Carrie Russell's real hair just shine, so it was fine. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. We did. <laughs> I need to rewatch that too. I watched too many things. All right, next. Remember have... who you're talking to. Yeah, I know, Anders. <laughs> you're definitely the binge like king for real. Anybody has any like questions about any TV show or movie ever created? Just contact <laughs> Okay, next we have Mon Mothma, my ginger queen, my fashion icon. She's also the de facto leader of the rebellion at this point, the inside person along with Bail Organa. Like he's also in there helping out. Both of them are wealthy and want to give generously to the rebellion, but it's not that easy. Mon is being watched by every single enemy and has to tread lightly one she's got enemies in the senate too who really would have no idea what she's actually doing but would want to take her down and they'd be like oh whoopsies i guess we stumble upon a rebellion <laughs> that could totally happen luthan really doesn't appreciate this he's no, just like he but we need the money he's like we need the money i don't need excuses and she's like fuck you <laughs> i'm working my hardest over here he wants to see the results and she's like yeah i want to help but I'm in the line of fire here. I'm nesting with the snakes in the Senate right now, for real. And if Bail Organa is your, like, your only friend, that's <laughs> got to be rough. It's just Bail. Having her be a side character in Return of the Jedi only to emerge as this powerful and gracious leader was one of the best decisions the Star Wars team made. She's like super gentle, but she's also strong, cool under pressure, who can persevere, which we will see moving forward when she becomes Chancellor. Now, if only she'd chosen her spouse a little more carefully. Well, Sometimes did she choose? Love doesn't work. <laughs> so, getting next, then into her husband, Perrin mm. Furtha. Mm. Um, this is the type of guy who would say that the Gormorans just need to stop buying avocado toast and they'd yeah. be fine. <laughs> the entire scene with him and Mon was tense as fuck and fueled mm-hmm. by years of this like quiet simmering resentment. You can tell 
this is the Democratic leader marrying a staunch conservative Republican. Like, how the fuck did this work? Though, not working very well. <laughs> there's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw a wrench in that real quick. He is that centrist, like, ah, oh, I don't follow politics, dude. And then the empire happened, and he's like, well, it doesn't affect me. It's fine. Right. And yeah. Don Moth yep. was like, holy shit, here's atrocities that we're doing. And he's like, but it's over there. <laughs> fuck you, Perrin. Yeah. <laughs> He's the type of guy who would be like, well, as the father of a daughter, as the yeah. son of a mother. <laughs> at least he did like confirm with Mon that the party is happening. He's at, he is absolutely not actually listening to her as she's talking when she's going through her fears and her concerns about these people being in her fucking house. He's just mm-hmm. not listening. Yeah. And he invited her big time rivals, which mm-hmm. like you live in the same house. There, there are several things going on behind the scenes that I'm sure he doesn't know about, but he knows her public feuds with these, yeah. <laughs> with these people. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he just wants to get his quote unquote friends to know Mon a little bit better. Like, come on, can't we all just sit down and have a good time and wheel a deal a little bit? But he can't really be that naive, can he? I mean, it just... It felt like he was trying to kind of get one over on her or even get one up on her, like to kind of assert himself in this relationship a little bit just to get a reaction. Mm -hmm. I mean, saying that these people are fun is scalding. Not great. (laughs) Is a scalding level hot take. It's absolutely (laughs) wild. So fun little random like uh, book reader facts. Um, considering Mon Mothma and dinner parties. Mm-hmm. In the novel Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, and Brea Organa stage a fight over a dinner party between Brea and Mon in order to full Tarkin into believing that Mon and Bail might be having an affair to throw yes. him off the scent of what they're really doing. It's so good. <laughs> well, it wasn't true. Bail is a faithful husband. It does make you wonder if my mama ever just pondered cheating on this asshole. I mean, mean, in this case, I would say it is ethical to do so because you (laughs) know he is not making sure that she's coming. He is, (laughs) well, I got mine and he is done. Perrin ain't shit. He is missionary with the lights off. I see. I think vanilla. So he's like that with Mon, but then he's actually, he's going to the Twilight brothels. Oof. While at the same time campaigning for, he's like making public statements about how they shouldn't be wasting money to educate the Twi'leks. Mm. Oh, oh, Perrin mm-hmm. is totally that man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe also, was... I just want to shout out Brea. Like, <laughs> hell yeah, for her. doing that in public. Probably yes. embarrassing, but she's like, no, 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 I'm going to do this for the team yeah. because you know Tarkin and all his Britishness would be like, oh, oh my, I'm, I don't want to be part of this. Like, oh, yeah. Imperial basically... genocide. Sure. I can handle that. I can do that all day. Awkward like, dinner party? No. Awkward dinner party <laughs> shit? Absolutely not. He does. He basically calls them out because Bray is like one of the 12. I don't remember how many families there are, but there's these elite families yeah. and he's like how dare you you're one of these elite families it's so unbecoming <laughs> i want to say it's 19 i don't know why that number's 19. sticking in my I, there's i don't know why that number's sticking out of my mind but i think it's like mm-hmm. 19 there's 19 like it's the galactic aristocracy yes but anyway <laughs> we have not we have not met brea or or pale yet in this show now 
maybe you can say Perrin was a little bit more idealistic or adventurous when they were younger. Uh, there was a piece in Vanity Fair this week that actually gave us some more background on this character and uh, these two's relationship. They were married as teenagers when they were 16, which was the same age Mon was when she first became senator. If that seems young, remember Padme was queen at 14. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and it was essentially an arranged marriage, which apparently is a thing on Chandrila. So they didn't necessarily choose to be together, but they are, they have a daughter together. What might this mean for the couple moving forward? Is he, could they potentially reconcile some or is he gone like totally empire and is going to leave her behind? By prediction, more likely he will get killed. He might. Force court. Let's go. Of course, right when they reconcile, he'll die. <laughs> Serve the papers. Let's go. <laughs> Move out. This is her apartment. Yes. One thing I was actually starting to think about, though, to see, it was really interesting to see the fact that this is Mon's husband. And something to think about is that she gets away with a lot of shit for a very long time. Like, she has mm-hmm. been publicly denouncing slash like speaking against the empire's rule in the senate pretty much Mm -hmm. from its inception Mm -hmm. so it's been 15 years ish and we're still a couple of years away from when she actually has to like go on the run and live in exile so i'm starting to wonder if like his status and chumminess with these higher-ups in the empire is part of what protected her for so long so is she actually getting some benefit from this which would kind of like complicate her a little bit more, give her an extra couple layers, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Use her husband as protection a little yes. bit. Knowingly or unknowingly. Right, exactly. Yeah, she might not know. And he might, that's like, maybe he is trying to help her and be like, maybe if they know you, they won't rail against. It's like, no, they're going to still like make sure she doesn't get any shit done. Mm-hmm. But they probably would be less likely to try and, take her out if they're like oh we don't really want to do anything to our our drinking buddy slash old friend from college's <laughs> wife maybe <laughs> this is such a good point um bale is protected by his wife's station like bale organa is pretty much protected he is the basically king consort or prince consort to his wife aldron is super popular in the galaxy they're very giving they donate a whole lot of stuff to charity. Um, Mom would need similar protection since she's not married to royalty. She's basically just got her husband, which is mm, <laughs> troubling. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, I love this. I love this new character so much. Dedra Miro. Great name. Don't feel good about her chances of surviving with a name like Dedra. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. She looks so much like Lori Petty. At first, she really when I, does. Saw, I saw the trailer and I was like, is that Lori Petty or her daughter? Like, holy shit, for real. I kept saying, lay off the high ones, Dedra. Lay off the high <laughs> ones. She's a super intriguing character, mainly because we don't get to see the inside of the ISB very often. We know Callus from Rebels, but that's more of a boots on the ground kind of ISB agent. And he was way out in the outer rim. Dedra's right in the thick of it at ISB headquarters on Coruscant. And she is hungry. She is ready to go, whether she's looking to be promoted or has the same instincts for justice like Karn, we have yet to find out. But she's definitely searching for something. A way up the ladder, maybe, or I don't know. I think we need to learn a lot more about this character. She's super interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. If my boss gave like this big speech about how we need to root out 
the first signs of disease and descent throughout the empire. And then I went to him and I was like, hey, I found a pattern to indicate that thing you were talking about. And he says, no, you didn't finish your paperwork. Like I would be pissed if I were her so in this bad. situation. Oh my God. He did it in such a, like a, an interesting way though. He was like, shut her down negatively, then compliment her work yeah. and be like, okay, maybe we'll throw you some more of that style stuff. Yeah. Stick to your insane. life. It's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Like, did I just get gaslit? I don't know what's happening to me. <laughs> like at first, at first when I was watching that, I was like, this is just, that makes him like such an inconsistent character, like as a boss to do that whole thing. But then I was like, no, wait, that's not a flaw. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> that is the point of her boss to like speak in this way, but ultimately like just be concerned with the red tape. Be like, no, cross your eyes, dot your T's, keep your head down. Because there's a version of her story and where we think it's probably going to end up going where like from her perspective she's like jack ryan she <laughs> is like the paper pusher who like follows the money and follows the numbers and that's yes. how she finds the that's how she finds all of this terrorist activity yes we also have to keep in mind though the galaxy is a huge place she just says she has three previous case files on her desk and gut instinct Three case files and gut instinct in this big of a galaxy is not enough to really determine a pattern yet. Right. So, like, I get her boss being like, no, 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 come to me when we actually got, like, real proof. Yeah. And bring me those TPS reports. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Preferably without a fish being cleaned. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm going to need you to work Saturday. Oof. And maybe Sunday. Oh my god he totally says that although i'm pretty sure she already does work oh yeah every day he's like i was coming in already what are you talking about oh you were mm. <laughs> for a little aside before we go into the next group did either of you get like tarkin vibes from her assistant because he has that emaciated vulture look and i was like oh my god <laughs> he looks like Tarkin. i can see it i can he see looks it like tarkin and Jake Gyllenhaal had a weird baby. Yes, eyes. It was like, he's that all would be eyes. a weird baby. Oh my goodness. I don't think he is Tarkin in any way. Let's get that out yeah. there. I just saw him on screen and was like, wow. He's <laughs> got that gaunt, emaciated face. Yeah. Yes. Like maybe he is from Iriadu and that's just what they all look like. <laughs> that's just how they do it. Daniel, do you want to take yay, Belle? Yeah, so we got Vel Sartha and her rebels. Love seeing her. She is a woman in charge of this band of rebels. She runs a tight ship. Do not question her. Don't fall asleep on your watch. <laughs> Gotta go tell her what you did. Own up to it. I loved her. She's no nonsense. She does not want Luthan's shit. She's like, look, we've got three days. You're gonna bring this new guy who's getting paid like mm-hmm. huge bucks while we've been sleeping on rocks we've been eating roots and here's some mercenary like i get her side of things but then he tells her immediately like no no no, this is what we're doing and she's in on it she gets back to the camp and she backs him 100 percent she didn't want to do this at all and here she is going to bat for him i i was like okay vel i you're down for the cause i respect you i i really liked her i liked her introduction a lot it's really interesting to see how they're going to react. Cause you know, we had the young kid there who was like, 
no, he's in it for the cause. I trust him. You're so dead, kid. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but you're dead. Most he, of them are probably he, dead, yeah. but he's yeah. for sure dead. He's either he's dead the, or he's going to have to kill for the first time. Yes. Oh, and it's going to break his little soul. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's definitely oh. the D&D. He's the dungeon master. Who yes. like creates all these elaborate stories and just wants I his built friends the models. to play D&D. <laughs> yeah, he built the models. He painted them. Everything looks fantastic. Be careful. When it gets wet, the glue gets upset. Like, <laughs> God, you little nerd. You're you sweet little boy. You're so, so dead. Precious. He's a sweet summer uh, child. <laughs> and then I like how like you've got Senta, who's, she doesn't like it, but she's doing what she's supposed to. She's helping with his bandages. Mm-hmm. She's, she's getting him up to speed. But I mean, but she's not, you know, happy about it. And then you've got people that are just screaming at Vel. Like, it's nice seeing that you can tell that they are a close group. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a realistic, you know, argument over who the hell is this new guy? Yeah. Uh, I thought they just, even though, Anders, I think you're right. This is the part of the episode that I didn't think about the most, just because the thrills of ISB and Mon Mothma stuff were really interesting. But like it they did a really good job with this group of characters where I'm invested to see what goes forward with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just, I, I liked them and plus it helps that they've got some good actors in there. So really strong cast. Yeah. With these rebels and they, they are like a family. She did tell Luthen, she's like, they're not going to like this. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you make them like it. (laughs) It, it all it's gonna work out fine i'm sure none of them will die <laughs> oh wait we're watching star wars i'm sure Just so kidding. many of them are gonna die <laughs> okay i think we should head into our questions and predictions section this is where we go through any questions we have coming out of this episode what we think will happen next what we want to happen next cowards give us all the things we want uh, oh my goodness i want more coruscant drama like both of you said it's like i really like aldani like what's happening there is really interesting but i'm much more invested in what mon mothma and luthan are up to on coruscant and now that karn is there as well he could run into dedra somehow forge an alliance there i still don't think he's left the show i really want to keep him involved in the main plot i love the actor i think the character is fantastic i love a paper pusher i love a company man that has to like bend or he'll break and I have, a, I have a feeling he's going to break yeah. and die. I'm pretty sure he's going to be the one. So since she can't get her hands on the files, she'll just like seek him out directly. Be like, oh, mm-hmm. he's actually here. Right? I can just go talk to him. Yeah. Be like, oh, interesting. Then she like goes to his mom's apartment and is like, <laughs> oh, is that, are you, do you live with your parents? <laughs> and the mom's like, you brought a girl home. Right? Mazel tov. Mazel like, tov. And he's like, <laughs> no, no. It's like, look at the white uniform. No. we're we're going out to eat you're going on a date Woo! (laughs) oh yay i love star wars moms we need more star wars moms like cyril card's mom (laughs) oh yeah i also can't wait to see more from luthan and his shenanigans like who else is he fooling to keep up appearances because his shop is in a pretty nice spot i'm guessing and he probably has a ton of imperial customers like, who is he dealing with? Who does he have to talk to? Does Palpatine maybe know who he is? Because Palpatine loves a relic. You know Thrawn knows he who he is. He loves. Oh, Thrawn definitely has been in there. 
he's like, interesting. Did you know that blah, 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 blah. And Lupin is like, why, yes, I did. <laughs> why, well, I bought it. It's like, wow, you two have been talking for like four hours. This is fine. I want to know if anyone suspects him of anything. Like, he's a huge power player in the rebellion, obviously. I also want to know what his exact role is. Like, what is his role in this rebellion? And how in the hell did he and Mon Mothma get connected? Someone like this, like a spy master, super interesting character. Like, ooh, I want to know more. I want to know more. And I'm guessing that him and Saw Gerrera get along very well. <laughs> I'm sure that they do. They seem to be a little bit more on the violent sells everything side of things. And I'm interested to see where Saw is going to fit into this plot as well. Yeah. I mean, I have a theory on that. So, Yay, theories. That's what we're here for. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> Mon Mothma says that she's found someone else to bring into the circle. And, you know, Luthen's like, fuck no. I think she's talking about Saw Gerrera. Mm. I think she thinks that he's someone at this point that they can bring in. He's got an established network and that would be really good. We know that Saw and the Rebellion will eventually have this major falling out, but it hasn't happened yet. So Mm -hmm. this would be a good time for them to kind of start. The Rebellion gets in a little bit over their heads and has to cut ties. You know, I was was listening to a couple of other pods uh, reacting to this episode, breaking it down. And I heard a prediction that she's actually talking about Bale Morgana. But I think he's already in the circle. I think he's already a member. He's He's been there pretty much from the beginning. Yeah, he was in the meeting with Padme. I mean, they were all in on it. Yeah, they were all in. But speaking of Bail Organa, maybe, I can't believe I hadn't actually thought of this yet. Are we going to see Jimmy Smith reprising his role as Bail Organa this season? He seems like he's always down to just show up for an episode for like a day or two and shoot some scenes as Bail. Oh, yeah. (laughs) more Jimmy Smith's is always a good thing. So oh, yeah. cash that in check. The robes. Yes. Get him in the robes and let's mm-hmm. go. Let's just mm-hmm. do it. Let's yep. just get Jimmy Smith in. Always uh, happy for that. And other than that, for me, I mean, this episode is a setup for a heist and I'm always down for a heist. What, what? could possibly go wrong? You like a heist? <laughs> Who doesn't how love a heist? We, how did we not know this about you? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm excited for the heist too. I... I want to see them infiltrate. Like, I think we've seen images of Cassian in an Imperial uniform from the trailers. So I'm like, is this where he goes in? Not sure yet. I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out. I, I'm i with you, Colleen, on I want more of this Coruscant drama. Mm-hmm. Like, Luthen is becoming probably my favorite character in this series right now. And I want to see the behind the scenes who else is he dealing with? Like you were saying, he knows Hondo. I'm sure of it. <laughs> oh my god! If who this was where Hondo? we got live action Hondo, and it was Luthen and Hondo having a conversation, I would probably <laughs> die. It just of happiness. It would be amazing. I would get my life and then die peacefully. I just so he's fantastic. The ISB is everything that i wanted out of this kind of show Mm -hmm. like give me this back room in the shadows just tense conversations scheming no blasters being pulled just people trying to outwit each other Mm -hmm. i am all here for that kind of stuff so as soon as the isb stuff came up super excited for that 
I think you guys are onto something with Karn. I'm pretty sure Deidre is or Deidre is going to find him and use him to put the pieces together and like, all right, we're going to talk to the rest of the squad. And I think she'll eventually get to Ferrex and, uh, you know, figure out what's going on with Cassian and all that. But maybe I just I'm so excited to see where they go with it, because I just they I think they've really set the pieces well here. Mm-hmm. And no matter where they go with this stuff, I'm I'm just really excited. Plus, the whole high set piece sounds so fun. So like that's yeah. that's going to be fun. And I bet the the heist, the action, all that's going to be super good fun. And I know it's going to deliver uh, just because of, you know, physical sets really help sell the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, on location like, shooting. <laughs> right. On location su- shooting. Like, huh, maybe it looks better that way. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all the action and stuff. But the political spy thriller parts are the things that I'm most excited for. So give me more of that scheming in dark rooms. Mm-hmm. Plots and <laughs> schemes. We need yes. them. <laughs> All right, everybody, I think that's where we're going to leave it for today. It was a little bit of a shorter episode, I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. this episode, I was like, wait, is it over? Are we already over? <laughs> they kind of spoiled us with dropping three. At exactly. the they really time. did. They really did. I was like, wait, no, this can't be over. Whew, but that's okay. Next episode is coming very soon. And right now we all have to go watch House of the Dragon. So for this podcast, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts and hit that follow button. Leave us a five-star review if you have a chance. You can also check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and other Disney Plus shows. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find me and Anders on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast, where we're covering a couple different things right now. Shit that is way better than it has any right to be. And Forced Fandom. We'll be having some of those come out soon. You can also find my book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And join us next time when we'll be taking a look at the next episode of Ander. Until then, always finish your TPS reports and try to have fun at that party. It's going to be slamming. Just have fun. Just have fun. Be Luthan. <laughs> Be smooth and, and cool and fun. Just like flowing around. He's, I loved that scene so much. So great. Oh my gosh, I love it. All right, that's it for us today. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody.